God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. All right, well, welcome to the show. Uh, we missed last week because life's busy and uh, the holidays are approaching. How's the vibe in Austin? How's the Christmas season in Austin? I took my vibometer downtown and set it in the middle of Austin, uh, the center, the epicenter. And turns out it's super vibey. Yeah. My vibometer really has, um, it goes from non-vibey to super vibey, and it was pegging out in super vibey. While you were doing the vibometer talk, I was applying my bobometer just to make sure that you were being your authentic self. Bobometer was off the charts during your vibometer portion of that combo. Oh, well, that's good. I would have used my clintometer, mm-hmm. but it's in the shop because the last time I used it on you, it pegged out so hard that it actually broke. The The thing pinged off and cracked the glass, so I had to take it to the ometer uh, shop, and they're working on it. So hopefully I'll have it soon. Hopefully in time for the new year. Did you watch this Marilyn Monroe movie, Blonde? No. Well, your boy Clint did. Okay, okay, Took okay. a couple of sessions because it's very long. Um, And it's real bleak. It's like, um, remember The Road? Remember the movie The Road, the Cormac McCarthy movie? I do. And it's just, you're watching 90 minutes of just unpleasant, almost like torture. Right. That's what Blonde is. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like that actress because she's hot. She's great in the movie, by the way. I think she deserves at least a nomination, maybe even the Oscar. I think she should get an Oscar for not having an accent because she's like... She's Cuban. Cuban. Yeah, she's Cuban, right? So the fact that she's actually doing a Marilyn Monroe accent without a Cuban accent is pretty amazing. Can we cue the outrage? Is there like an outrage button that I have in here? We'll have to see in post-production if I can find that. I am so tired of outrage and the world. And, you know, there's a whole out, there's a lot of outrage about this movie. One of the outrages is they didn't that use a, they didn't use a, an American to play Marilyn. Monroe. Yeah. 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 Any other day, it's how dare you not give Cuban Americans roles. But yeah, they hired an actress that's not exactly like Marilyn Monroe to play Marilyn Monroe, as if acting, as if people haven't been pretending to be characters since time began which was quite a few years before films. And I'm just like, man, God damn it. I'm so tired of it. Well, I just used my dumbometer yeah. on the outrage. Your stupidometer? Folks. Yeah. And turns out the dumbometer was out of 10. It was solid 10, well, like not wavering. Well, here's what's really interesting about culture. We're having clash of the woke right now because on the one hand, oh, okay, okay, Dude, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, zip. On the one hand, you got Brandon Fraser playing a fat gay man. Now everyone, that's the kind of story the woke crowd loves. Brandon Fraser had to go away for a while. Now he's a big fat gay guy. Here's what's cool movie. about that: he's actually gay. He's not wearing a fat suit. <laughs> He's, he's actually, actually gay. You mean no, he's, he's actually, actually fat. fat? You said gay. He might even be gay. 
<laughs> I don't know. Well, he's so- definitely really actually fat. So the woke crowd can't get upset at him. No, but they are upset because he is wearing a fat suit. And, what? and yeah, he's wearing a fat suit. That's not his. No. Yeah. He's not. He's fat. No, he's not that fat. He's wearing a fat suit. Wait, so he's super fat in real life, and then they actually no. put on an extra fat suit? No, he he gained LBs in real life, but they made him like a 600-pound guy that can't leave his house. He's not that big. Oh, he's not? He's not a 600-pound dude that needs a crane to lift him out of his house when he dies like some of these people. Oh, I thought he was, though. Oh, no, he's just put on a few LBs. He's put on some LBs. Oh, I thought he was that fat. But now they're saying... That Brennan Frazier, who a second ago was it was the comeback story of the century. Well, now he's taking roles away from fat people. They sh- uh, I didn't know there were roles for fat people. Well, there is. There's there's a movie called The Whale starring Brendan Frazier about a fat guy that's trying to reconnect with his daughter who's been estranged from him. And now, you know, the woke artists of the world are saying that role should have gone to an actual able-bodied, you know, obese person. All right. Who knows what it's like to actually live in that skin? Let me check my shut the fuck up ometer. <laughs> How is that working these days? Um, the shut the fuck up ometer on the woke uh cancel folks pegging out solid ten. Dude, I don't even know if any of these ometers work over here because they're all pegging out on tens. Here's the good news though, and I'm real I've I mean on, dude, I can, dude, I've got good up, news. For hold you. up. Hold up, because I'm ready for some good news. Hold up, though. Zip. Well, the pendulum is swinging hard away from all that shit. People are tired of it. Oh, they are. P- yes, people are moving away from it. People are. Let me check my tardometer. Oh, once again, pegging out on. No, this actually is about an eight and a half. Well, it was never so sustainable. It was God. never sustainable. Never sustainable to demand perfection from everybody individually and every industry. Oh, it's not at, at scale. Wait, I mean, as far as are I you know. telling me that people can't be perfect all the time, forever? Well, we tried that that experiment for the last couple of years, and it didn't work. Someone did write in about your Tacoma show. I wanted to read this. It says this is from Steve Nacarado, and it says Tacoma, you suck. Is the subject? Hey guys, Bob, thanks for the show on Friday. Your first stop in Tacoma, and well, I'm here to apologize. Was hoping for a big Bob welcome, but no, Tacoma did not show up like they should have. And shame on us. What I do appreciate is that you showed up, even though the crowd, what does he say? He says, you put on a great show. Sincerely, thank you for that. With that said, what the F was the murder song? Because that was some weird shit, even for you. The commitment was impressive. But please don't write Tacoma off next time. Next time it will be awesome, I promise. And then he says in parentheses, hey, Clint. Hi. Um, I think you had mentioned that you'd had a rough show there, right? Where you got an argument with the crowd there, no, too. T- Tacoma was the best show. I played Portland, Tacoma, and Vancouver. And of the three, Tacoma oh. was the coolest. Like, the crowd was the coolest. But it was there wasn't a big turnout. I have a huge turnout in, in Seattle. And it looks like, if you look at the map, it looks like Tacoma is just like a suburb of Seattle. But, but I guess people in seattle think of tacoma as like a like a completely different city or something and so i didn't have a huge turnout in tacoma what's the murder song is that the murder song i know 
Yeah, that's a song that I, you know, murder. Yeah. Anyway, I've been doing that one solo. I started doing it around Halloween. It's such, it's so fun to do. I hadn't really ever done it solo. So now I've just been pl- like, it's part of my solo set just because it's fun to play. And it's different. Is there maniacal laughter in that song? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know that one. That's pretty fun. Down in Mississippi when the moon turns red The devil, he'll come out to play The angels hide behind the rainbow Jesus has gone insane Yeah, it's fun to do, and people like it. It's funny and weird, which I like. Yeah. Um, I also want to thank you to a couple new patrons, all right? So I want to say thanks to Julius Kreeft, became a patron, Johnny B. Truant, and my friend Brad Blazik. Those sound like made-up names. Brad Blazik, Johnny B. Truant. <laughs> this does sound like bands from the 50s. And Julius Kreeft. Yeah, those sound like bands that Bart Simpson would make up when he calls Mo calls Moe's. Is Kreeft there? Julius Kreeft. <laughs> Julius Kreeft. <laughs> well, you've got your holiday show coming up, right? It's already happened. Oh, it already happened. Did it. Already did it. Done it. Go? Killed it. It went great. My daughter, we've been practicing this song. Um, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. It's got a lot of lyrics in it. We literally practiced it for three weeks on our way to school. She never got it right once. And I was just like, so I put it at the very end of the show. I'm like, well, we'll be at the end of the show. If she fucks it up, people will be drunk or whatever. Who knows? Dude, she got out there. First of all, my dad got out there and sang Silent Night. I've been alive for, you know, I'm in my late 30s. I've been alive for a while. I've seen my dad perform a lot. This is the best thing I've ever seen him do in my life. Wow. He came up there and played Silent Night and killed it. Got a standing ovation. Then we did Silver Bells, me and him together, which is fun. Then my daughter comes out, and I'm just like, well, I hope she doesn't fuck this up too bad. And I'm like, I'm up there. I can kind of help her. I can kind of guide her along. She comes up, turns on this thing. When she comes on stage, she turns on a switch and transforms into the most magnetic superstar in the world she she does it at all her plays too like she's in all these plays she does it i mean it's 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 amazing to see in real life she's kind of she's not shy in real life but if you try to get her to perform like even like at home for two people she's like real shy in front of two thousand people she comes alive she's not nervous at all kills the song Sings it perfectly in tune, knows all the words, kills it. Standing ovation. And I'm just like, 
Wow. Runs in the family. No, dude, it doesn't. I'm not that way. I'm fucking shy as fuck, dude. Like my my dad and mom are both hams and will stand up in a crowd and they don't give a fuck. Dude, they'll go to a nude beach. They'll go to a nude beach and sing a song at a nude beach, completely naked. Dude, all I want to do is disappear. All I want to do is turn invisible. And yet you chose to perform in front of people every week for the rest of your well, life. Well, something about being on stage is very freeing. I do feel like I have permission on stage to do whatever I want. Unless it's attack postmenopausal women. Well, here's the thing. that I mean, it is truly my one safe place where I feel like I can do or say anything. And I think that's why I get upset when people, when people are like, ooh, or don't do that. I'm like, hey, bitch, this is my show. Leave the fucking room. Go start your own show. I'll come to your show and tell you to go fuck yourself. Until then, this is my show. I'm an artist. I'll say and do what the fuck I want. And if you don't like it, bye. <laughs> GF, why? Have you ever seen the, I, I, I don't know if I sent it to you, but, uh, well, you know me, I don't send many things, but it's Charles Barkley in the 90s. And he had some controversial opinion about something right. and someone's interviewing him and they're like, um, you know, a lot of people are upset with you, Chuck, about your stance on this. A lot of people on the radio. And it's like a, it's like a young, like mid thirties Barkley. And he's like, he's like, where's the microphone? And he's like, he talks right. And he's like, I don't give a fuck, I give a flying fuck. what anyone on the radio thinks about <laughs> anything I do. I've been very vocal in their criticism of you for doing this. You really think I give a flying fuck? what the people on the radio calls say thank you he's like can i say fuck on here and they're like no he's like oh okay sorry he's like well let me rephrase that i don't give a fuck what anyone on the radio <laughs> thinks it's so good he's like such a hero in that moment because it's, I love Charles it's true Berkeley. it's true it's true man you can't let those people you can't let the the minority screaming offended people dictate artistic decisions or no or affect, yeah, that space that you've like worked really hard and used a lot of your talent to carve out in this crazy world for yourself. Well, if you did, I mean, that's the problem. That's the problem with everything right now. It's these tiny, it's these minorities that are fucking running the show. The reason that fucking abortion is illegal in Texas is because there's this minority group of people that are against it. And now it's fucking illegal. And the majority of people are pro fucking reproductive health care for women right it's time to say fuck that bullshit well i think it's happening i think people are looking around and they're like this crap isn't working you know there's a lot of like truly traditionally left-leaning people like myself and my wife that are fucking over all of it well i think it's i think when you go to the too far to the right or too far to the left you're gonna have dumb yeah and then when you get in the middle, I don't care if you're on the right or the left in the middle, just be reasonable, be a reasonable human being. I don't, I, I don't care who you vote for. Right. Just don't be dumb. And that's both sides. Well, I so did, weird. I did really used to think, and maybe I was just dumb. Maybe I just didn't really see the full picture very clearly, but I did used to think there was a pretty big difference between extreme right and extreme left. And I, if I had to choose one to have dinner with, I would have chosen, you know, a, a super liberal person. And now I really can't stand the ultra left at all. Like I find them really gross. 
And I think I find people more towards the right, more interesting. Like, I don't agree with a lot of it, but I think I'd rather have a beer with those people. That's how weird it's gotten over the last five years for me. Maybe it's I just because I'm getting older and I'm a dad and, you know. They're bo- they're, I, find, I, I find both amusing. I find the ultra right and the ultra left very amusing. Who would you rather have a beer with, though? Or you don't drink beer, of course, but who would you rather have a coffee with? Who would you rather spend an hour with picking their brain? I mean, I don't want to spend an hour with either. I know, but, but if I, you had I to choose. I, I, I can't. I can't. They're equally equally as amusing to me. You want to hear someone complain about who got cast to play Marilyn Monroe, even though she's terrific in it, and then who doesn't believe that there's biological differences in gender anymore? Or do you want to talk to someone who who you know thinks we need to build a wall it's like okay i find i find both to be kind of fascinating actually both are kind of fascinating and both i don't it's so weird i don't mind talking to either one for for a short period of time but then eventually i need to talk to somebody who's can think (laughs) you know think for themselves it's really that's all it is it's like that you have two types of people people that can think for themselves and then people who need to have their mind made up for them yeah. and then depending on whatever stream of information is being channeled to them that's what they're going to think and they're not going to question it i used to experience that a lot when i was in really religious circles which i eventually of course thought my way out of it and but i would meet these like we called them baby christians we'd meet these like new people that got saved or their first time hearing about this whole world and it's very exciting and promises them life after death and all this stuff. And you would see them say, you know, an issue would come up, abortion or whatever, anything. And you would, there'd be this almost even verbatim. They'd say, well, what do we think about that? Like, where do I stand on that? Someone tell me right, right. what the official position is on that. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's some scary territory. I wanted to ask you this while we have a, lot, a few more minutes. I've been freaking out about this band that has been around since like 94 that I never knew existed, a band called Low. You ever check this band Low out? No. You ever heard of them? Mm, I don't think so. It's a husband and wife. She's the drummer. She just died of cancer, tragically. And they make this really slow lyrically. It's like Pedro. It's like like um oh no pre Pedro it. the Lion. No, I've heard it. It's like it's like uh, there's another band that's very similar. Um, it's like real minimal. It's like it sounds like they're both it sounds like heroin music. Kind like of. Really low and slow. It's low and slow. Plotting. Pretty good lyrics. Um, and the husband and wife sing in this kind of beautiful, that kind of beautiful harmony that only like siblings can sing in or like spouses and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, I just got hip to him um like three months ago. And I was like, I'm not gonna learn anything about this band. Cause now you can know everything about everybody. Right. And when I was a kid, I didn't know much about my favorite bands. And then I saw this thing, and that chick just died of cancer. Such a wow. weird, not to make it about me, but... So now I'm just going through all their records, and I just can't believe that they've been around this long, and I've just never... It's never happened upon my radar. It's always cool to, like... I, that's what happened with Randy Newman. Like, I came along and discovered Randy Newman. And me too. All, all of his shit was available, and I was like, oh... Let me check all this shit out. It was so great. You, I mean, I, I, Randy Newman is like easily top 10 for me now. And I have you to thank for that. In fact, I think I texted you. I was in an airport bar, got, got stuck in an airport for several hours. And I was listening to his late, latest album, Dark Matter. And just crying. In the, I mean, I've yeah. never gotten into an artist where one song will make you laugh. 
and another song will make you cry. He's as good as it gets. I mean, even still, I mean, he's got to be pushing 80 if he's not yeah. 80. Um, it's so funny. Still, write, still writing really good stuff. Dude, speaking of pushing 80, I just listened to an interview with, uh, is it Richard Dawkins? Yeah, Dawkins. Was he? Yeah, he was just on. Uh, he was on Bill Maher's Bill Maher's podcast. Uh, podcast. Yeah, I didn't hear it yet. How was it? Uh, it was pretty good, but I had no, I mean, he's taught and he sounds like he's, you know, it sounds like he's in his sixties or something. And then, it, then it turns out he was 81. Yeah. Uh, which I'm always amazed when somebody's like that smart at 81. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. He's one of those dudes who never did drugs. I think that's like right. a big key for that. Like staying sharp that late, which I'm super fucked. You know, I mean, I'm all cleaned up now, but you know, my twenties were, I lived in my twenties. Like most people do. You did too. Yeah, I mean, my dad's eighty, and he's—I mean, he can talk. <laughs> that's the award you know, we'll give him today. He's not, he's he not, can he talk. Doesn't sound like Richard Dawkins, that's for sure. <laughs> well, you know, Dawkins was a part of that huge for a minute there. Like secularism, atheism got real hip, you know, or at right. least it got a lot of attention. Sam Harris, Dawkins, Christopher Hitchens, who was a hero of mine. And then I was just asking this about the other day. I was like, what happened to that? I mean, I haven't heard anything from Richard Dawkins in like, I feel like 10 years. Well, he he just wrote a book called Flights of Fancy, but it's for like teenagers. And it's about uh, the four evolutions of flight. I don't know. It sounded so like, like, I don't know, very intellectual. He wrote a book for, the last book I know that he wrote was for kids called The Magic of Reality, where it's like. Yes, right. It's him kind of trying to say to kids, like the natural world is actually really beautiful and mysterious and interesting. And you don't really need, like, yes, have an imagination. Like, my daughter doesn't need to believe that there are wizards to enjoy Harry Potter. You know, she doesn't need to think Hogwarts is real to hear a story about an interesting thing and enjoy the story. I will say this. I'm, I'm with, I'm, I'm with you in what you're saying. Because my wife's like wants to tell my daughter that fairies exist, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to be a part of your. I'm not going to be a part of that. <laughs> You're I'm not going to tell. Her, I'm not going to tell her that dragons existed. Right. I'm going to say dragons were made up, but she likes to. Anyways, so we've got this little elf on the shelf thing that you. It's move. like a little mouse. Yeah. And um, so she's been moving it. And then my daughter will wake up and she gets excited when she sees the the mouse in a different spot, this little mouse elf on the shelf thing. And then this morning, like I, so last night it was in the same spot it was in the night before. My wife was sleeping. I was like, well, I'm going to move this thing over somewhere so that when my daughter wakes up, it'll be in a new place and she'll get excited. So I move it, go back to bed, get up this morning to take my daughter to school. My wife woke up in the middle of the night put the mouse on the floor and then drew like some Christmas, like a Christmas painting and made it look like the fucking mouse elf drew this Christmas painting. And my daughter got up and saw it and went over and like, looked at this like magical sparkly, you know, and then it was all decorated with sparkles and shit. She glued shit to it. And she was like, oh, my God, the, the the mouse elf made this last night. And I'm telling you, it kind of made me realize, no, this, 
I think it's really important for kids to kind of believe in magic and stuff like that. I know at some point she's going to find out that her mom did it or, you know what I mean? She's like, I was always pissed when I found out about Santa Claus and Jesus and stuff like that. I was pissed, but I think, and and gnomes, because I believed in gnomes when I was 13. (laughs) I really did because it came out as this book. It was nonfiction. And when I found out all that stuff was made up, I was like, really bummed out. But I think that believing in magic opened up my brain in a way that I'm glad it's open to. And it, I don't know, it kind of changed my mind. I'm like, you know what? I, I want my daughter to kind of believe in magical things for, for as long as she can. She, I, cause eventually she's not going to anymore. And, and my wife is 34. She still kind of believes in magical things. I mean, she doesn't, but part of her is this really childlike thing where she wants to believe in like astrology and tarot readings and all this stuff. And, uh, I don't know. I'm telling you, dude, it this morning when I saw that, I was like, Oh yeah, this is important. Magic is important. It's important for the imagination and also just the enjoyment of life. You know, just to believe in something that's kind of hopeful and cool. That's better than just dirt, believing in, you know, the eventual grave. Yeah, I think I think what you're doing is you're almost talking to yourself. I think what you're trying to say to yourself is, I need to believe in magic again because... No, 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 no. It's not for me. Well, but, well, because your daughter, I, I start with my daughter. I know, but I'm saying your daughter doesn't have the perspective you have. So she's not going, well, what do you mean? All there is is dirt to a kid. Dirt is magic. So a kid doesn't have a kid doesn't have this lost innocence experience yet. But we're kind of imbuing that on them when we're like, you know what? Let them have magic. Because what else is there? But they don't have that. So I just I don't disagree with you. I've I have had some feelings, very mild, where I have felt kind of bad about taking such a hard line on things like Santa. Because now my daughter's getting older and it's over. And I'm like, uh, eh, would it have been in that big a deal to like have her believe in it and stuff? But my whole thing is, if she does get older and goes, well, my dad lied to me about the Tooth Fairy and Santa, what else is he, and which, are, which aren't that important? No, no. What else I, is he willing to lie to me right. about? And I, I, and, I, and I don't think I that's agree. worth it for me. Right, right. It, because she's going to be an adult more than she's a kid, and we're going to have a relationship much longer as adults than the 15 years I get, or the 10 years where she might believe in magic. Right. Well, I'm with you, because I, 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 I'm torn too. I'm like, with my son, I was always like, well, if he asks me about Santa, I'm going to tell him the truth. And I remember when he was about six or seven, he goes, hey, were those Christmas presents last year that were from Santa? Did you buy those? And I said, yes. And then he never asked any more questions about Santa after that. He was <laughs> yeah, like, he got it. Okay. Well, he, he was like, I'm going to keep believing in Santa because oh. maybe the presents will stop. He figured <laughs> he didn't, he didn't ask me any more questions. And I kind of think of, I really look at everything like there is a Santa. I mean, there's a, there's an idea of Santa that exists. So in that regard, I can, you know, if my daughter goes, is there a Santa? I go, yeah, there's a Santa, you know, now is there a Santa that brings presents to everybody and every, you know, that I'm not going to like do that whole thing. And my parents like go overboard. They're like, oh, I heard some, I heard some sleigh bells on the rooftop. I think Santa might be out there. You know, they, they do all that shit. And I'm like, y'all need to fucking chill out with that shit. 
there's that great scene in Christmas Vacation where Chevy Chase is trying to be sweet to the kids and his crazy cousin Eddie's there. Uh, who's the guy who plays Eddie? It uh, doesn't matter. But he's like, one of the Quaids. Yeah, it's Randy Quaid. Randy, Randy Quaid. Quaid. He goes, you know, kids, I uh, I saw on the news that they caught a Santa sleigh going through the sky and the kids are like, what, Uncle Clark? And then it pans to Randy Quaid and he's looking at him like skeptically. He goes, you shitting me, Clark? <laughs> That's pretty good. This is one of the funniest moments in the whole thing. Hey, listen, we've gone long because uh, we've been having a good time here in the parent corner. Yeah, we've been having a good time. Uh, but we are going to kick it to the Secret Weekly where we're going to talk about things unutterable on the show. If you want to join us in the Secret Weekly, like our like our band of made-up names, we got Johnny Truant, uh, Julius Kreeft, and Brad Blazik are now going to be joining us in the Secret Weekly. And you can, too, simply by visiting patreon.com slash letters IOK. Hey, make sure to get that URL and and put it into wherever you listen to your podcast so these these little secret weeklies will start popping up the, like they do on mine. It's a, it's a real sweet little treat. Yeah, I agree. Bob's been the biggest fan of Secret Weekly than anyone now. I really have I love become it. a fan of it. Yeah. Well, maybe people don't even know what that is. Here's what a Secret Weekly is. It's about five to ten minutes. In the case of last week, it was 16 additional minutes of the podcast where really the gloves are completely off and we say whatever, literally whatever we want, which we kind of do on the show. We kind of do on the show, but there's certain things we really can't talk about on the show because it might get back into the wrong ears. Mm -hmm. There's that. And then there's just, I don't know. Sometimes we just have a, it's almost like a reset too. Uh, I don't know. We, we goof around a little bit. Anyways, check it out. You, you won't regret it. And if you do, Cancel your subscription on Patreon if you don't like it. Fuck it. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> try it out. Why Why not try it? Why not try it, dude? I agree. All right. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll see you soon. Peace. 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 <laughs>